Hello, everybody. This is Chris McAdoo, and I'm super stoked to bring you Best Behavior Creative Club. It's a podcast about the people who make things and make things happen. Um, we're an original design sensory production. Uh, we do a lot of stuff here, and we're super proud of our original content um, that we do for ourselves and for others. And I am super happy to welcome Jenna Wise um, with us. Hello, Jenna. Hello. 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 <laughs> Jenna, um, if you can, tell the folks out there a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and who you do it for. Sure. I'm Jenna. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, where I work for Bricks Wood-Fired Pizza as the marketing director. All right. Well, that was pretty very straightforward. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, okay, so Jenna, you... <laughs> so Bricks is a, uh, it's a national chain... Um, how many restaurants do you it guys is, have? It's a regional chain. There are 29 locations. Um, okay, so Bricks is a, um, a regional chain. How many locations do you guys have? 29 locations. Oh, very cool. So what states are you guys spread out We're in? We're in seven states. We're in North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, Alabama, Ohio, and Indiana. That's seven. I'm impressed. I got them. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. So... Um, before we dig into kind of what you're doing now, tell me a little bit about your background. Like, did you go to, did you go to school? Did you study, you know, marketing or, you know, those kind of things, right. or is this something that you grew into and, you know, give us a little background. Right. Info. Uh, well, actually I didn't ever have any kind of marketing plan. Um, in college I majored in creative writing. Okay. Uh, and then out of college I joined an agency where I did verbal branding uh, from there, I went to an aviation part sales company where I was doing a little bit of everything, where it was marketing assistant, sales assistant, reception, uh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> Eventually decided, hey, guys, you guys need a brand manager. I know the perfect person. It's me. So sound effect to be added in post. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> like plane flight too. Like it's real. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I was their brand and marketing manager for a few years, and then after that, ended up at an accounting firm again okay. uh, in the marketing department. So totally different world from aviation to corporate accounting. Yes. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, and then found myself now in the restaurant industry so okay it's been quite the path that has just become more and more marketing focused with every step of the way well i want to dig into some of the like sort of specific intricacies of these different industries sure um but first i want to i want to ask you verbal branding yes. talk to me about what that because like for a lot of our listeners they're in our industry but mm -hmm. a lot of them are you know, artists or, you know, folks that are out there making stuff and they may not exactly know what that even means. Right. So in a nutshell, I basically made up words. That's how I usually just do the quick definition. Um, but all different industries would come to this agency uh, needing a brand name or a corporate identity okay. or a tagline or slogan for a product or company. Uh, so we did a little bit of everything uh, from pharmaceuticals, uh, branded and generic, to cars and snack foods, um, lotion, like home care. It was just something different every day. 
uh, and naming drugs is actually the coolest thing I've ever done. Okay. Oh, let's so <laughs> let's let's dig into that. Did you, so you helped name like like the so the drug is desloxifam. Yes. But then you would then name it something else. So what what was one of your most interesting clients or brand challenges from that era? Right. Uh, well, naming pharmaceuticals is actually very challenging just because there are so many federal regulations that are involved with how you can name something. So for me, it was always um, a really fun puzzle because, you know, there's only mm-hmm. so many letters in our <laughs> alphabet um, and so many combinations that you can put together that make sense. Um, but some names had to be pronounceable, not just in English, but in well, like Mandarin <laughs> and oh, wow. um, Italian and, you know, all over the world if they wanted to be a global brand. So so that's always just been the coolest thing to really focus on. You go from that really chemical sounding generic name. Uh, there's just different ways that you can either link to the generic or not. You can talk about uh, or try to find ways to link to the end benefits of like hope and optimism. Okay. And, um, it was a good way to be able to do a lot of nerdy research and like <laughs> inject different concepts into into names. So, so what was one of your favorite names? Um, I can't think of any pharmaceutical names off the top of my head. Well, give me one tour. <laughs> <laughs> That's a name we know. <laughs> well, what about? Um, so you said you've worked with. I mean, you know, cars, all kinds of stuff. What maybe what, one of the yeah. cars? Give me a great car story. So I have a great car story actually. So one of our clients at the time was Hyundai, and they came to us looking for help naming a new kind of like eco. Um, good gas mileage kind okay. of car yeah. um, but it wasn't going to be any kind of like sports car it was just a good economy car and um, I was on that team and developed the name that I was really proud of that I was really excited about and really pushed for but then as it turned out the the man who was leading on the Hyundai side he talked to his son single digit year old son about naming ideas and his son came up with a better name. Um, a name that shall not be said, so I guess. It was yeah. kind of shocking, but that was the direction they went. So you might recognize the car Veloster. Veloster. Yes. Hyundai. Yes. Yes. So that's the Hyundai Velocity Roadster. The Veloster. Veloster Raptor. Wait a yeah. second. So you're telling me that like a whole, like a million, a multi-million dollar car company comes to like a naming, like a branding firm. And they're like, we need your help. But then the guy's just like, wait a second. I've got a two-year-old. Yes. Combine these words. But yes. how, did, how did the kid come up with like Veloster? I don't know. My Velocity kid would be like, uh, let's name the car Butt. That's what my kid <laughs> would do. <laughs> yes. That's, so yeah, so that's kind of how that shook out. But uh, the name that we had submitted, and I can't take all the credit, obviously it was a team effort, all of that good stuff, but um, but they did like the name that, I, that we mm-hmm. had developed and presented, um, but they were nervous about um, a certain trademark situation. They didn't know if they were gonna be able to navigate it. But I guess fast forward to a happy ending, they developed another car and ended up calling that other car the name that that we developed, and that was the Hyundai Kona. Nice. Oh, that's cool. The yeah. K-O-N-A? Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, so it was still very exciting to see, uh, you know, the commercials for Kona and be like, 
That was that's my name. They saved it. They saved my name. I wrote that. That was on a whiteboard <laughs> two years ago. And you're like, nah, there it I is. I sold it so hard. I tried so hard, but yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. But I, I think it also speaks to one of the things in this industry that is a constant balance of you want things to happen and you want things to happen like right now, just mm-hmm. because of the the way the world and the way that it works. But sometimes that gratification or that satisfaction, like you have no control over when you get it. Right. Right. Like, so that name, somebody at, at, at Hyundai is like, man, that's good. But I wish, I wish we could use it here, but we can't yet. Yeah. You know, so learning to not only be like a pro in the moment. Right. But then also, you know, taking pride in those things that sometimes take a little yeah. bit longer. Well, and it, it is a good reminder to not to become emotionally attached <laughs> to certain things because uh-huh. um, they may need to transform or that, yes, they may need to wait. So, uh, you know, I was really heartbroken when they didn't go with it th- at first, but because um, apparently I had developed some sort of affinity. <laughs> for oh, it, no. <laughs> oh, this is an industry where I think we, we talk about critique, uh, you know, quite a bit mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you can get your heart broken you know, pretty easily. Um, and we talk a lot, like I always like to talk about critique in the, the, uh, um, the, in a positive way, right? Right, Like, so when you throw something up on a board, when you're talking about things that you want everyone's ideas to coalesce together into a better thing. Right. And when you're, better thing maybe doesn't make it to the top like it can be very like oh that can be very deflating yes it can right yes it can so you were in that um in that atmosphere like how did you learn to deal with that because sometimes your ideas make it to the top and sometimes they get beaten down right you know so how do you as a marketing as a pro like even today like you're several years in like how do you deal with that um well at the naming agency since that was kind of my first job out of college, um, it was kind of a quick, hard lesson of your name isn't always going to get picked because there are just too many moving parts. It isn't, we were all, everybody on the team was contributing so much mm-hmm, to the pool mm-hmm. that there was no way that every single one of Jenna's names were going to make that list because somebody else was in charge of choosing the best candidates for the strategy. Uh, but then we also did legal pre screens and some of that stuff just had to get knocked out. Um, so as I've kind of continued on in my career journey, I have just put so much more of a focus on the collaboration aspect mm-hmm. that we all get to share the success anyway. So now with Bricks, the, the three of us on the marketing team, we brainstorm almost everything. Um, and it just is part of our culture as a team and as at Bricks that we can only create amazing things if we do it together. Mm-hmm. And so you made the like now you're at at bricks but then you had that the bit of the 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 break with the aviation company and then to the accounting firm yes where i can't imagine that you didn't feel slightly siloed like did you have an apartment or were you sort of like hey make the you know right um at eight at the aviation company there wasn't a marketing department yeah I, i was the marketing department and then i had a boss um so I, would, I had to hire an outside graphic designer, but it was a lot of, um, like, I hate to say pulling teeth, but <laughs> it was that, trying to get information enough that I understood it 
to then be able to make it sound sexy and look sexy because we're talking about airplane parts here. Like this is not they. Ha- <laughs> that's a challenge. They don't. <laughs> that's a challenge. Yeah, and since that was a, it's a B two B company. Yeah, that's a totally different type of yeah. marketing, obviously. Um, so. And now in B2C, I think I'm much more cut out <laughs> for B2C uh, just because I'm a little bit uh, offbeat, a little bit irreverent, and that doesn't okay. always work in the, the B2B that I was in, particularly accounting. <laughs> particularly <laughs> accounting. Correct. Yeah. Well, there's um, it's language. Yes. Right? And the language barriers that you can like set up for yourself you know, to sometimes, right. or an industry sets up for itself where we talk about this this way because this is the way that we talk about exactly. it kind of things. Yep. And the by the way, to, for those of you who are listening, B2B is business to business, B2C, business to consumer. But these are like, these are terms that are bandied about, like right. in our, you know, in our yes, offices, yes. it's like the industry terms that you get used to, you get used to seeing and you get used to using. So coming into now to BRICS, where you do have this opportunity for collaboration. You do have this opportunity to meet with team members and like whiteboard stuff and make fun things happen, right? Um, What is, uh, one of the questions that I always like to ask everybody because you're paying attention to what's going on out there. And one of the questions is, what's next? Like you guys are in the restaurant industry, right? right? So you're taking care of people, you're making sure that their needs are met, and you're shaking. You're making sure that you are introducing them to experiences that they've not had yet, right? And so, not just for bricks, but for like marketing or for business to consumer. What do you think is one of those next plays people are going to start going to start making to you know engage folks? Right. Well, obviously, um, experiential marketing is on a huge upswing Mm -hmm. right now. And I don't know that restaurants necessarily have capitalized on that because obviously eating food is an experience. Coming to the restaurant is, is an experience, but I think there's an opportunity to make it a better, bigger, more exciting experience that goes beyond just the actual eating of the meal. So. Absolutely. You're speaking my language. <laughs> I love experiential marketing. I love it. It's a, it's a good opportunity to partner with other brands that you would never partner with, too, to make a huge experience for people to talk about for yeah. a long time. Well, actually, I'm gonna, I am gonna. I do want Brad to ch- chime in here. I know it's for another pizza brand, <laughs> but like, t- like, like give, a, give a synopsis of like even the – it was Pizza Hut, but it was like give us a synopsis of what happened with you and – uh, a celebrity that you get to name. <laughs> oh, you want me to? Okay. Well, there's, there's several examples I could, I could talk about, but for the experiential aspect of it, one of the things that we did was we wanted to put pizza on the red carpet. And so how do we do this? So we would make this big photo booth where the celebrities could walk past it and it'd be great for the paparazzi or the people who were there taking photos of the celebrity. And they could go behind and then eat pizza. And there was people back there fixing their makeup, make, they could wash their hands, they go right back into the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And that was a really cool experiential for the celebrity. Now that was not for just everyday people going to a, yeah. uh, going to an event. But uh, for, for example, for that, we would do a lot of stuff with like Samsung or Google, or um, Samsung's a good example. We would do concerts like Bottle Rock or um, what's that, Bonnaroo. Yeah. You know, we would set up a big stage and that they would sponsor the stage and they would have this experiential living room inside of, or um, we did a laundry room once, a gigantic laundry room <laughs> where people at Bonnaroo could go 
put their clothing in and actually get clean clothes. Oh, that's cool. And we just bring it back to We would fold it. We had people there folding it and we'd give it back to them. So there's just there's small little touch points. It's a way of being like, oh my gosh, I went to a concert, but there was a massive laundry room there. <laughs> there's things they, they remember even after the, yeah. the event's over. And Ke- well, I have to add, and Kevin Bacon was not interested. Kevin Bacon was not interested, no. Um, <laughs> but everybody else But everybody was. else was. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask. For those of you out there, you're just going to have to ask Brad about that. Story. We told that story before, though, didn't we? No. That was just us having a conversation. <laughs> okay, which, I'll tell it. Which story do you want me to tell exactly? I want you to tell the story about Kevin Bacon uh, throwing the jacket on the ground. That wasn't Kevin Bacon. Okay, there were, I do have a Kevin Bacon story. I thought that was Kevin Bacon. No, it's Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is even better. Okay. (laughs) Brad. All right, I'll tell the story. Tell us a Nicolas Cage story. This is a great great story, though. I really, I actually am excited to tell the story. So we were at Sundance, and Nicolas Cage was promoting the movie Mandy, which is a crazy Nicolas Cage movie. And he showed up as crazy Nicolas Cage. And he comes into this place in Sundance. It's freezing cold. It's snowing outside. But he has a sleeveless jacket on. That's like snakeskin. He has a pink cowboy hat. He has tons of chains. And then his pants are just like these really nice like snow pants with snow boots. And he's just walking around saying hi to everybody. He's being very nice. And my director said, Brad, get him a Pizza Hut sweatshirt. And I said, no, bro, I'm not getting Nicolas Cage a Pizza Hut sweatshirt. It's not going to happen. If he wants one, he's going to come inside. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. So Nicholas Cage walks by, says, hi, everyone, hi, or how, you know, Nicholas Cage speak. <laughs> and I just said hi to him, but my director was adamant to get him a sweatshirt. So he runs up to him, his handler, Nicholas Cage's handler stops him and says, what do you want? I'll give it to him. And he says, okay, will you give this Pizza Hut sweatshirt to him? Because Cage turns around and says, oh, what do we have here? And he takes it and he goes, wow, this is a nice quality. And he says, Pizza Hut. And he drops it on the floor and says, no, 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 I can't be seen with Pizza Hut. And stomps it with his foot and like makes it go, like kicks it across the room and says, but it's nice to meet you all. And then he takes off his hat and there's a Burger King crown. Oh my word! <laughs> under his hat, and he puts it back on, and just walks away off into the, the sunset. I still have that sweatshirt, by the way. The one that he kicked, I kept it. And it's better it's mine. than an autograph. <laughs> the ultimate experience. Right. <laughs> Experiential is fun. That's the. That's the yes. Yeah. The well, let's the talk about have. Let's talk about having fun because one of the things I think that is a chat like. That is a challenge as well as an opportunity is matching like your big fun marketing ideas Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, we could do this. We could make these things happen with those spreadsheets and the metrics, right? Right. Because the things that you do have got to move a needle somewhere. Exactly. If it's awareness, if it's engagement, if it's, you know, uh, good sold, you know. So what are some of the things that you guys are looking to do like in that experiential space or otherwise that you feel... Um, is maybe pushing the envelope for the mm-hmm. industry or things that you would like to be doing. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I would avoid talking about pushing the envelope for bricks because we like to keep it pretty accessible <laughs> to families. Okay. Um, uh, so we, we're we just trying to, I guess, sorry, let me think through my thought here. Absolutely. Um, 
I think we've spent a lot of time, maybe if we're talking about the sales funnel, um, we've spent a lot of time um, maybe up in that top of the funnel, like trying to build brand awareness, attract new customers. Um, But ultimately, the brand has been around for 20 years. We should probably be focusing more farther down the funnel at this point. I mean, we do have a loyalty app with rewards, and we've got a pretty great social media and email strategy um, but it's that that lower part of trying to make those loyal customers now advocates for us um, that's where we want to start bringing in more experience a little bit more um, than maybe what people have come to expect from bricks mm-hmm. over these last two decades uh, so we're looking at we've been talking about uh, maybe doing some pop-ups, uh, like pop-up living rooms, mm. um, because we see Bricks as a family brand. Um, you know, where do you gather with your family, but the living room? Um, and w- especially with pizza, even though we're a full-service pizza restaurant, not necessarily that quick-serve delivery kind of service, we still see people wanting to stay at home, spend time with each other. What are they doing? So we want to br- kind of bring the living room outside. Right. So yeah, I think that would be um, that's very awesome. different for for what we have done up to this point. Experiential so. is not about pushing the envelope, right? It's about making memories and pictures. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. It's it's really about just making memories. So people leave that event, and it's just like that was such a wow moment. I'll always remember that. Yeah, and that's what we talk a lot about um, how. Bricks brings people together and, um, you know, we like to craft connections. Craft is not just uh-huh. craft pizza, craft beer, uh, but we want people to connect with each other as well. So right. being able to be part of their memories and not just, you know, ancillary to whatever they happen to be doing, uh, that is important to us. So to be able to shine a light on those moments would, um, would be really meaningful for us. Well, to sh- to shine a light and like you said, like be a part of it, mm-hmm. be a part of a positive memory. Mm-hmm. We were at Bricks. We were at uh, you know any number exactly. of, of things, and that becomes part of a family's lexicon. Mm-hmm. You become you get to be that memory. You get to be that Polaroid photo in the uh, you know in the scrapbook, the scrapbook of life. That's right. I will say. <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny. Like just personal examples, right? Like yeah, uh, there is a place in Knoxville that we go to once a year. And it is called Wasabi. And uh-huh. it is, it's one of the places where yeah, they come yeah. out and they, you know, cook the food and they throw the shrimp in the hat and all mm-hmm. that kind of yep, stuff. Yep. The one time of year that we go to it is my son's birthday. Awesome. And we have the Polaroid photo that they take every single year since he was like eight. Oh, that's, oh, that's amazing. Cool. And like, he's kind of like contractually obligated at this point. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the it's kid a is, you know, yep. the kid's 18, but he's, you know, at, uh, when he turned 18, we asked him, you know, like, hey, bud, um, like, you don't. You don't have to, you know, <laughs> you don't have to do do this. And he's like, no, no, no. Th- that's the thing I do on my birthday. And like to have that yeah. kind of, you know, yes. place in somebody's life, I think is a really pretty, pretty incredible thing. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, what's been very cool, too, is uh, we actually recently discovered um, several couples have gotten engaged at various locations oh, of okay. bricks um, because it was where maybe they had their first date or where they would do regular date nights. Um, so now then they got engaged at Bricks. And um, so that was pretty neat. One couple actually had the like latitude and longitude coordinates 
tattooed on their wrists for wow. a Bricks location, which is just the ultimate compliment. <laughs> wow. For the brand, I mean that it blows my mind. We were we were looking forward to be able to featuring them on our blog soon. Um, That's cool. And then we're also hearing from more and more families, especially in the Charlotte area where Bricks started. Uh, they came. These people would come to Bricks as kids with their family. Well, now they're so much older and they have kids of their own and they're still doing family outings to Bricks. So cool. So you get a multi generation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's been neat to just see how Bricks fits into people's lives. And um, it's always so much more heartwarming than even I expect, even with knowing how much of a family brand we are. Um, to hear stories like that is, uh, is very special to me. So I'm glad that. I, I think there's only more that will come from that. Well, right. If you do that, like real, honest, gravy, meaningful engagement with people, right? We're going to make you a promise. We're going to keep it. And we're going to continue to make that promise. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to keep it. Exactly. So people come back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how that works. Yes. <laughs> well, one of, the other, uh, one of the other questions that we like to ask um, is big wins and big fails. You can pick one. Or both, either way. Um, but the the story around that is, um, you know, professionally for yourself or something that you have seen, you know, happen is where have you, where have you been? Have you experienced like something that you were like, yes, we pulled this off. You right. know what I mean? We did it. We got it, guys, you know, as a team or as an individual or where was an opportunity that you said, oh, no, this t- <laughs> there's not enough room on this on this door for both of us, Jack. Gotta, <laughs> you know, like, you, you know, um, another thing that you can uh, you would say, oh, we didn't make it that time. But, you know, maybe it was a learning an opportunity for the next. Right. Uh, this is a tough one just to be able to to talk about epic fails. I never really think of anything as like an epic fail. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've had not. I'm sure I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had plenty of little tiny fails and lots of setbacks, but I just kind of learn and keep moving. Yeah. Because um, if you get too hung up on those fails, then how do you progress anyway? Um, I will say one of our biggest wins, um, at least while I've been at Bricks, was being able to totally revamp our website, actually. That was uh, one of my primary goals on upon joining the team. Upon. Upon <laughs> joining the Bricks team. Uh, it was so important to me and to the marketing team to showcase our food on the internet <laughs> to the people who <laughs> wanted to see our food. Um, before that, there just wasn't a lot of imagery. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you, you know, people eat with their eyes first. Uh, we weren't bringing that to the table, unfortunately, through our website. Uh, so it was a big undertaking. It required um, a little more budget than we had initially um, <laughs> before it became a reality. But, yeah. um, but you know, worked with a great firm, great agency. <laughs> full, dis- full disclosure. Full disclosure. We are um, in- incredibly, you know, proud to have Bricks, like uh, – as, as one of our clients and we we did um, along with our um, sister company pop fizz did the both the visual um, the direction of everything and the development for that new site right um, so you added you added a lot yes it's know. a it was a complete it was a complete redesign um, we were trying not to 
it was evolution, not a revolution. It's kind of how we were approaching it. Okay. Because um, we didn't want to go too out, too out there. Um, but it really is more revolutionary than I think we were even expecting for ourselves anyway um, to bring a better user experience instead of just having like basic functionality. Now I think people, if they're going to spend time on the website, they're going to find special little Easter eggs in some of the uh, <laughs> um, dish descriptions or drink descriptions. Um, you know, just a, there's just so much more to be able to experience on the website. And I think um, it's just, it's bringing a lot more entertainment and information and just a better overall experience. So I'm glad for that. And that was something when I was trying to make the case for that last year, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of pushback. Change is scary. And, you know, as marketers, I think we're all gung-ho about change. So it's really, you know, how do we get, how do we get the people on our team? How do we get them all on the bus? Um, so I think it was a big job right in the beginning mm -hmm. to be able to say, this is, you know, we need to do this. This is why. Trust us. But, you know, meet as many people as you can. Your ideas are welcome. We tried to get them as involved as we could. Um, and I think they're all impressed, even as we're um, working through the newness of it and some of the new features. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've gotten only positive feedback. So um, from our franchisees, from our company stores, and from our guests. And um, we are already seeing a lot of traffic. So I would I would put that at the top of my list of accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. and, and it's what everybody sees on the customer side, right, is the website that works. Or, you know, that the, the, you want a certain experience for people to have, and they get to have that experience. Right. But what I think a lot of folks... I mean, again, if you're in our in this this industry, um, you may know this, but the work that goes into that final product, mm -hmm. from your research, from to your user experience, to your content strategy, to all of those things, like add up exactly to a a clarion call and a message that allows your customer to enjoy that experience. Right. Right. You know? Um, so I think, although this may have answered it, but the next question that we always like to ask is, again, professionally or even out there in the world, have you ever experienced a cool why not kind of moment? It's one of those like, um, you know, somebody, you know, do you jump off the high dive? Like, eh, why not? Let's try this. Either yourself or out there in the world that you think, man, that was amazing. Sure. Um, well, I consider myself a recovering perfectionist. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have spent a lot of my life wanting to be really good at something right away. So that actually has kept me from doing a lot of stuff because if I knew I couldn't do it or if I thought I wasn't going to do it right the first time, then I just didn't do it. So actually over the last couple of years, I've been kind of on a personal crusade uh, to do more stuff that scares me or makes me uncomfortable or that I actually have to practice to be able to get better at. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this isn't a secret, but you guys get to learn. Um, I've actually been taking burlesque classes because why not? Nice. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, marketer by day, burlesque dancer <laughs> by night. Um, Dope. So, yeah, it's just more of that kind of thing where maybe I always wanted to try it but kind of felt stupid or scared. Um, so there's just definitely more of that where I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Let's try that. I can do that. And if I'm not good at it, but I want to keep trying it, 
I'm going to keep trying it because nobody knows the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be perfect the first time. Who cares? I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I'm really bad at everything except for burlesque. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's a good pairing yeah. here. Um, well, no, I, I love that because what I think gets people tripped up. Like what you're talking about is, is that rec- I love that recovering perfectionist mm-hmm. because I think for one, because everything is so out there and so visible and, you know, on social media and all right. that, that like, if you do mess up, like it, you, it's not just like you messed up and it's in private anymore. Right. Yeah. You can mess up and, Oh, now everybody, now everybody sees that. Um, and it's, you know, but what I always like to liken this to, um, when you're painting a painting, um, right? Like if you don't like a, you keep making marks, right? Make the marks first. You can always paint over them, mm-hmm. but you've got to make those marks. And as a creative person, being able to challenge yourself, like, okay, maybe you're kind of stuck on this, you know, idea and you can't figure out something to do here. Nine times out of 10, if you take yourself out of that headspace and allow yourself a challenging opportunity, right. a new creative space, exactly, the world like starts to open up, right? Yeah. When that's as soon as I gave myself permission to do things kind of outside my norm, I feel like it has only strengthened my ability to do my job um, because it's I'm I'm seeing new ways to be able to uh, solve problems and not always tell myself or the team, no, we can't do that because it's it is more of a yes and kind of thing. And that's mm-hmm. actually taken from Duncan Wardle from Disney. He's amazing. Um, but ha- after having hearing, after having heard him talk uh, with about the yes and, I feel like our work has just gotten so much stronger because now we're looking at, instead of having that mindset of, well, this isn't gonna work, so we're not even gonna try it. Mm-hmm. Now it's, oh, maybe this can work. Or, you know, how can we make it work for us? Well, t- uh, talk to me a little bit about the y- the yes and method. Sure. sure. So this is, um, instead of shooting something down, it's you are able to build off of one another to make a, a pretty interesting idea even better and bigger and um, maybe a little bit crazier, but it at least raises the it raises the bar i mm-hmm. think um so instead of just trying to appease everyone maybe you're surprising everyone so um you know even with brainstorming sessions where it's instead of like well maybe we will have a poster with a headline and it will have this picture <laughs> well now it's okay but what if we did this what if mm-hmm. we right. put on a newlywed game at the restaurant and then it's yes. And then what if we did uh, a whole newlywed week where it was, you know, we were showcasing this whole thing at late night, which it, it, then it just turns into a bigger scale idea. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a bigger budget. Uh, it just becomes a meteor, a meteor opportunity rather than just trying to like check a box or say, oh, as marketers, this is what we do. We make posters, we send emails. But no, actually we're we're hosting this late night event at 10 o'clock at night during a work week and it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh my gosh. And giving yourself, giving yourself the space, both yes. <laughs> mentally yes. and professionally, like all of those places. 
um, to be able to think of those ideas. We love, believe me, we love the yes and mm-hmm. kind of method here, uh, which it, it again, kind of coming back to that critique. Yep. That like your idea is you, the point of like a whiteboard session or a brainstorming or anything like that. The point is not to um, get rid of ideas. Right. The point is to have them, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, and, and, and get them on the wall and get them supported. So, like you're saying at the very beginning, collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, um, I, this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, it's kind of, it's kind, of, kind of full circle, you know. Just, no, I, I just I think this is a good this is a good time to uh, kind of bring it all back to that collaboration. Mm-hmm. And Jenna, um, for all the good folks out there that are working through their own, you know, their marketing director here, or maybe they want to be, right. or those kind of things. What do you give to somebody that is trying to do their best, you know, and, and looking for those what's, ne- what's next, what ifs? Right. Uh, well, I it's important to me to be surrounded by people who are also, colla- like, who want to be super creative and collaborative, um, and maybe in a different way than you are. Uh, like writing is what I most enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. I have an artistic aesthetic, but you know, n- maybe not necessarily the technical ability. Um, so being able to to find those people who can kind of are the the missing piece, and you can come together as your own little happy creative marketing pie. Um, I think that's incredibly important. And then to also have people maybe outside of creative altogether who are more analytical or Mm -hmm. more financial minded having those kind of um, on the periphery so that you can bounce other ideas off of them as well I think it's really important so um, even as an introvert and somebody who doesn't really like to spend a whole lot of time out in public um, I know that that's important to I can only be better by exposing myself to other people's ideas and thoughts and Mm -hmm. and kind of weirdness and I'm weird I love other weirdness so we're we're embracing the weird (laughs) embrace the weird that's awesome Jenna Wise thank you so much I mean I think you know what I what I hear from you is um is you value true collaboration absolutely you want people to come together to do the best work that they can absolutely and then you want those folks to then like you want that same energy to flow out, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You want to, when you get to the house, you don't want to be beat down. You want to open yourself up to new experiences. Exactly. You want to you want to let that creativity continue to go and to continue to flow. And to do that, you also to collaborate means you have to talk as well as listen. That's right. And take in those different viewpoints, like you said, from the the, the finance guys and from yep. and from this and there is to to come together to make a great product a great life a great career all those kind of things jenna thank you so much thank you um for joining us and um and if people do want to know more about uh, about you or about um about bricks where do they go uh well you can find all you ever wanted to know about bricks on brickspizza.com <laughs> please check it out it's amazing it's amazing. <laughs> well, we want to. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks to Brad Carpenter, as always, hanging out, producing, and chiming in. Um, thanks to Design Sensory uh, as Best Behavior Creative Club is an original DS or an original Design Sensory um, production and podcast. I am your host, Chris McAdoo. This has been Best Behavior Creative Club. 
And because you've made it this far, you're now part of that club. So you have a responsibility to go make something and go make something great. Hey, thanks for listening uh, to Best Behavior Creative Club. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed what you just heard. Best Behavior Creative Club is a design sensory production and a DS original series hosted by me, Chris McAdoo. We're produced by Brad Carpenter and executive produced by Joseph Nuther. Sound engineering by Hunter Foster and music by Matt Honkinen of Pitchwire. If you like what you heard... Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, etc., etc. Please leave us a review or drop us a line at bestbehavior at designsensory.com. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Now, go make something great.